0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Asset Allocator podcast where we seek to look under the bonnet of the portfolios of some of the UK's leading discretionary fund managers. Joining me this morning is Fahad Hassan, Chief Investment Officer at Albemarle Street Partners and as ever David Baxter, Funds Editor at Investors Chronicle. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Fahad, in recent weeks, money market participants seem to have been adjusting their expectations for how high bond yields will go and expecting this famous Fed pivot. Have you been reacting to that?
1: Um, well, uh, we um, have actually been uh, allocating uh, more uh, to bonds and longer duration bonds uh, as early as June. Uh, we uh, weren't necessarily expecting... Uh, the data to come in uh, more favourable on the inflation side uh, the way it has done in October uh, but we were starting to uh, buy bonds because of the yields that were on offer uh, rather than a turn in the data uh, so so the, those higher yields are, are what we were seeking and uh, the uh, inflation data coming in lower than expectations in October obviously is a, a positive uh, but uh, I think the, 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 the bigger issue was the fact that uh, bond yields were getting quite high and as investors that is uh, an attractive place to then start investing into. Uh, so we started that journey uh, almost three months ago um, and haven't been necessarily reacting but benefiting from uh, that sort of improvement in the bond market that you've seen.
0: Thank you. Um, David what have you been, been hearing from your, from your contacts around that uh, interest rate expectations and, and allocations around that?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, as, as we've uh, discussed, um, there's a lot more kind of interest in the, in the bond space now um, for, for the, those obvious reasons. Um, but I suppose what I was kind of interested in asking is um, another thing perhaps we've seen with some investors is, um, you know, maybe things like real assets look a bit less attractive on the relative basis. Um, is, is that something that kind of feeds into your thinking when you're kind of thinking about putting a portfolio together or um, yeah, are you still kind of focused on more the absolute merits of those different? Asset classes?
1: Um, it, it does actually uh, sort of figure into our thinking. And uh, as part of our October rebalance, so uh, this was uh, done not too long ago, uh, about six weeks ago. Uh, what we did do is we uh, removed our allocations to uh, sort of multi asset type managers. Uh, that would have allocated more uh, through a sort of a black box type approach, owning various asset classes and trying to outperform bonds. And uh, given uh, the yields on offer in the bond market, it is much easier to go and buy something uh, like like a bond that's going to give you 3 to 4% returns. Uh, get you uh, quite a long way to your sort of long term targets for the underlying portfolios uh, and not have to pay those higher fees. Uh, So that is a a step that we took. And uh, those allocations were removed in their entirety and then allocated into uh, parts of the bond market. We bought into uh, global government bonds as well as corporate bonds uh, where yields are uh, that little bit
0: higher because of uh, credit spreads widening out as well. Thanks. Fahad, um, one of the, I suppose, side effects of that market repricing interest rate expectations and maybe bond yields um, moving moving downwards a little is obviously that's helped equities. Have you... Uh, Reacted to that? Are there particular parts of the equity market that now look more attractive than perhaps they did a few months ago? Uh, so, the parts of the equity market that are most
1: sensitive to bond yields are uh, those higher valuation growth stocks. Uh, and you've seen uh, the effect that uh, rising bond yields has had on those stocks. And they've come under a lot of pressure. Uh, so, when bond yields start to go down, uh, those stocks are the ones that have reacted the most, have gone up the most. So, uh, you know, parts of the NASDAQ. Uh, for example, uh, has, has gone up uh, in reaction to that. And that first day move was quite significant. However, we do feel that there are um, still risks with equities um, because earnings expectations haven't been uh, brought down yet. Q3 earnings out of the US have been uh, relatively good and you haven't seen the downgrades on earnings uh, that are the true risk to uh, those uh, sort of equities Uh, and I think that is yet to follow and therefore uh, that is something that we're not yet buying into. We are sticking with our current sort of allocation favouring bonds um, and actually uh, favouring higher quality equities uh, which is where we've been for a good part of you know the last uh, 9 to 12 months, basically, favouring the higher quality part of the equity market uh, because we anticipate that earnings will start to come under pressure as the recession rolls in.
0: Thank you. And and those higher quality areas, are they... Oh, obviously, their earnings should be more durable, of course, but are they also... Do they respond particularly to bond yields or, or, or less so? Uh,
1: they respond to... Uh, Bond yields less so, so so they are actually uh, alternatives uh, to uh, uh, b- bonds, and you know uh, people who can't allocate to bonds have been allocating to utilities, for example, to healthcare, and uh, those stocks actually went down on the news on of CPI coming down. They they were actually weaker on the day uh, than these other areas. So it's important to realise that when you're forming these portfolios, uh, that while you do have an allocation to the higher quality end of things, uh, that uh, you also have. to have a diversified portfolio uh, and having some growth exposure some value exposure alongside that quality exposure is very very important uh but uh, if i were to sort of think about the next six months uh focusing on uh quality rather than areas of cyclical growth or uh high valuation stocks i think is the the way to go because
0: of what i described as the risk to earnings thank you um david uh how, how are you thinking about equities at the moment and how are your readers at investors chronicle, uh, re- reacting to recent events?
2: I mean, I think the interesting question perhaps is, uh, again, relating to, to investment styles and the kind of the, the, mixture thereof, um, given again, you've seen that hit kind of the, the, the big growth investors, for example, um, and whether now, you know, investors take it more seriously, having had quite a good ride with things like growth for, for a long time. Um, so, yeah, I was just going to ask, Farhan, do, do you feel like you're kind of having to be more, um, I don't know, more sort of t- tactical and dynamic with things like investment styles? Or is that just always a thing that's been in place and it's been kind of a long, long time coming for it to to sort of pay off?
1: um you you are having to be more tactical because um the tailwind of uh, falling bond yields and falling inflation uh was o- almost you know 10 years uh, uh you know a 10 year trend essentially uh which basically allowed you to buy into some of these beneficiaries Uh, within the equity sphere of uh, sort of falling yields. So, you know, those growth stocks did continue to, you know, outperform year in, year out. And it became uh, almost sort of self-fulfilling that, you know, you'd continue to allocate to them as they became bigger parts of the market. Um, So you are having to be more tactical. I think the answer around which part of the equity market to allocate to, I think is quite nuanced. And and it, it is more important to sort of think about sort of your overall equity exposure rather than which area you're going to necessarily overweight, underweight and and getting caught up in the weeds. I think equities uh, broadly are, you know, the the best asset class for long-term growth of, uh, you know, portfolios, Uh, you know, returns uh, will be higher uh, than they were uh, at the start of the year because you've had valuations come down a bit. Uh, So it isn't a bad time to start thinking about equities, but I would uh, caution uh, that I would uh, keep it large cap and I would keep it diversified. So, Thinking about broad indices, thinking about you know style diversification, uh, and thinking about that sort of you know uh, you know maybe allocating away from some smaller cap styles that can get caught up uh, when liquidity starts to exit the market. Uh, so that's that that's how I'd think about it. Large cap, you know, you know, as Warren Buffett said, you know, you you don't sort of lose out by buying the the S and P, for example. Uh, so that's the way I'd think about
0: it. Thank you, and Farhad. Um what lessons from twenty twenty two it's been a bit of a roller coaster year in markets even with reference to equities you know value did did very well at the the start of the year then from sort of April to a couple of weeks ago value underperformed maybe it's snapping back a bit now so it's been a roller coaster year it's been a year where the macro has been very much a dominant theme but what lessons can uh, investors take from this year as as we go into twenty twenty three
1: Okay, so so the critical lessons are to have an understanding of inflation uh, and uh, the impact it has on uh, both uh, valuations within uh, the equity market, uh, but also on on bonds. And the bonds have been this area where you know people haven't had to think a lot, but if you had too much duration in your bond allocations. Uh, you were hurt in a significant way. So understanding uh, duration, understanding uh, valuation, uh, sort of uh, high valuation stocks and what impact inflation can have on them, uh, I think is has been the lesson. Uh, and this lesson, because it's been a long time in coming, I think people have kind of forgotten how painful it can get. And that final leg, that inflationary leg that was obviously kicked off by Russia invading Ukraine, I think that was where uh, people were kind of completely taken aback, you know. So you had a specific model of thinking about inflation and then all of a sudden you had all this cost push coming from everything from wheat to oil to all sorts of things that you'd had never thought about. And when that happens, uh, you, you know, being willing to go and, uh, you know, go back to the drawing board and, and to uh, cut allocations in areas that, you know, you haven't considered for a while, I think is, is the right thing to do. Uh, so uh, at that stage, um, you know, being tactical, I think is important, rather than just thinking about the very, very long term, uh, is, is the lesson that I took away from this year. Uh, sometimes you've got to think outside the box, like we, we didn't, for example, at the start of the year, envisage, uh, you know, Russia invading Ukraine, and we didn't envisage that last leg on inflation, where it becomes truly problematic because it started feeding through into investor, oh, sorry, um, consumer psyche. It started feeding through into wage demands. It started feeding through into services, uh, and that aspect of it was something that we were kind of, you know, assuming would not be a problem. Uh, so uh, that, that that's something that you
0: should, uh, you know, bear in mind. Thank you. And on the on the fixed income side, uh, one of the uh, trends that we've noticed in our asset allocator database over the course of 2022 is that uh, people have increased allocations to high yield bonds and emerging market debt arguably both of those are counterintuitive in the current uh, environment uh, high yield very economically sensitive emerging market debt very sensitive to dollar strength but are those areas that have interested you at all uh, those those areas are of interest, um, uh, given uh, that
1: we've already sort of in- extended the duration on our government bonds, we've bought investment grade corporate bonds. The next obvious place to look is that high yield. Uh, and you've highlighted the uh, you know the the the, the sort of uh, you know flying the ointment straight away, which is the fact that high yield is economically sensitive. Uh, the yields on offer are very attractive, so you're looking at sort of ten percent yields on offer. Uh, the issue is trying to sort of judge what the default rate is going to be through the cycle, and uh, given interest rates are so high and given the recession is yet to roll in, uh, some of some of that is a bit vague. But if you uh, take a sort of you know prior recession sort of analysis of high yield and, you know, assume that default rates are going to be fairly high, uh, then even then you can justify starting to allocate to those areas. I would favour high yield over EM debt uh, simply for the reason that uh, EM uh, is is, uh, under pressure, like you said, from dollar strength. uh, But there are areas within EM debt uh, that are truly broken that, you know, uh, are going to require Uh, you know a lot of uh, strength in the global economy uh, to recover uh, you know so we've uh, tended to favor a high yield over EM debt, but we haven't made that call yet within our portfolios that's something that we're looking to do probably you know uh, at the end of the first quarter of next year uh, you know uh, if those yields are still available uh, to
0: maybe buy into that because the recession would have started by that time. Thank you. Uh, David Baxter what lessons have you taken from 2022 um that you think are relevant to 2023
2: oh it's so it's so difficult but i i think one thing that struck me is it is um it has seemed like kind of a year of falling knives perhaps and it's kind of uh, the old mantra of just buy the dip maybe well it's not fair to say it doesn't work it's just kind of it's been much more difficult for investors because you at least so far, you haven't had that simple kind of dynamic of of markets um, snapping back quite quickly. And the conditions, of course, have changed quite significantly. Um, I mean, yeah, something I was going to ask was just whether um, I'd be interested to know whether kind of, say, advisory firms and DFMs, how much kind of panic they've seen from from clients and, you know, whether whether this is kind of a thing that people are actually better adjusted to than expected or whether they do really have to go big on that kind of managing people's emotions and, um, you know, persuading people not to do things like kind of selling in into a falling market.
1: So yeah, now so so unfortunately, uh, that is uh, part and parcel uh, of uh, the DFM MPS space, in mm. terms of uh, you know uh, you know keeping people uh, true to uh, long term uh, goals, and um, what volatility does is volatility brings out. Uh, uh, the the worst of sort of uh, behavioural uh, biases. Um, you tend to get very short term. You tend to get worried very very uh, you know uh, in, in 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 a sort of very short term sort of way. And um, the, yeah, and you forget the long term goal requires some level of risk taking. And um, and I suppose. One of the issues that you've seen specifically this year is those lower risk portfolios where uh, clients maybe don't expect uh, high levels of volatility have been hit quite hard. Uh, so uh, those, those those clients obviously uh, are used to, uh, you, you know, during periods of, uh, you know, strong market growth, maybe underperforming a bit. Uh, but when their portfolios go down 10 percent plus, uh, during uh, a you know a, a market pullback, which hasn't been disastrous uh, to be fair in the historical context of things, uh, but uh, when their portfolios go down just as much as a sort of a mid-risk client, for example, uh, then uh, they do have uh, questions to ask, and uh, you know, so so it is important that you know you do lean on uh, some other areas uh, when bonds aren't working. Uh, you do uh, maybe shorten duration uh and 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 bear that in mind uh when you think about volatility from uh bond holdings specifically uh because this year's
0: shown that things can get bad in bonds as well thank you and uh, to follow up on that i mean are we are we at the point now where the role of government bonds in in portfolios has to be, be rethought because for the decade where government bonds didn't yield anything so many investors that i spoke to said well they don't yield anything but they're there to provide ballast they're there to dampen the volatility in the overall portfolio but 2022 one of the lessons is probably government bonds are perfectly capable of being volatile as well does it change the strategic reason to own them and make them just a tactical asset class like like all of the others so the good news is that basically this year you've
1: had a reset in valuation significant reset in valuation so the so the the argument around uh, owning bonds uh, just for that ballast uh, and the correlation benefits that they provide uh, has actually gone away because now they actually provide proper returns. So if you look at a sort of you know government bonds, you're looking at returns in the area of you know four percent. If you look at sort of corporate bonds, uh, investment grade ones, you're looking at returns in the area of you know five to six percent. Uh, so so those returns are meaningful, and uh, you know you can now start allocating to these parts of the market without having uh, to justify it for volatility reasons alone. Um, I do think that, you know, bonds are lower volatility asset, uh, is a lower volatility asset class. So you almost uh, at this point now uh, can have your cake and eat it too, kind of uh, with bonds. So you've you've been through a tough period. Having lived through that tough period, expected returns from bonds are higher and the correlation benefits are still there. Uh, Therefore, uh,
0: you know, it makes perfect sense to start allocating more to bonds. Okay, thank you. Um, And I'm afraid that's all we have time for. But thank you to Fahad Hassan, Chief Investment Officer at Albemarle Street Partners. And of course, to Dave Baxter, Funds Editor at Investors Chronicle for their time this morning. And do remember to tune in to the next edition of the Asset Allocator podcast, which comes out in a couple of weeks. Thank you.